0: At this time, I need y'all to open up your Bibles. I hope that you have your Bibles in front of you. I have been uh, humbly reminding you, dear Christians, that it is good, even though the words come up on the screen, even if it's just two verses like it is this morning, Exodus chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, That it's good for us to have the word opened before us. At this time, I would encourage you to open the Exodus 3. Never fear, though, if your Bible is somewhere else, or if you don't have one, let me know by the way, and I'll send you one. But uh, if you don't have one, the words will come up on your screen here in just a moment. And I was being serious about sending you one. Just let us know, call the office, or email me. Uh, Exodus chapter 3, verses 13 and 14 is a very uh, important uh, set of verses. It is where God formally gives his personal name. Uh, we call God a lot of different things. In history, we have called God uh, by a lot of different names. Uh, one of my favorites is not a lot of people's favorites, and it's what Isaac called God, uh, the dread of Isaac. He called his Lord dread because wherever he would go, his Lord would go before him and cause dread in his enemy's way. Uh, he was a God of great justice and strength and power, and that was who Isaac served. Powerful stuff. Uh, we see in other places, uh, for instance, in ancient Judaism, uh, they would call God the name. That's what they called him, the name, Hashem is what they would use uh, in Hebrew, Hashem, the name, because they were so nervous to use God's name inappropriately, that seeking in righteousness not to do such a thing, they would say simply Hashem, the name, praise the name, that is Yahweh, or uh, we are unused to that saying of it sometimes, maybe many of you might be familiar with Jehovah. Uh, Our church at Centennial, uh, we have a great love for the Psalter, singing the Psalms, as well as the old Bible songs, which is a predecessor to that blue Psalter that we use sometimes. And uh, within there, we would see the name Jehovah. Uh, That is a uh, interesting take on Yahweh. That is the personal name, I am that I am, that's given here in these verses of Exodus 3. Uh, Jehovah is uh, the consonants in the Hebrew that we see here in Exodus 3, filled in with uh, Adonai, that is Lord, lowercase L-O-R-D, and they kind of melted them together to create some form of semblance of uh, of English, uh, Jehovah. And uh, many of you uh, might know that, that that word was first made popular by uh, William Tyndale, uh, one of the first English translations of the Bible. It would be pretty difficult for us to read Tyndale's translation now. It was in Old English, but uh, Jehovah, nonetheless, uh, close to what you might hear me say, and you'll hear later on me saying Yahweh, which is the actual name that's given here In the Bible, where you see those capital letters, L-O-R-D, it's God's personal name. Just like my name is Jeremiah, Uh, whatever your name might be. My son's name is Isaac. My youngest son's name is Carwin. My uh, oldest girl's name, Mary Immelon. And here we see our Lord's name, Yahweh. But what does that mean for us? It means a whole lot. That's our main point today, as we dive into these two verses. Uh, God's name reveals who he is. I am that I am. I will be that I will be. Hashem. Adonai, capital L-O-R-D, Jehovah, Yahweh. As we look at these things, God's name reveals who he is and he does it here in two verses as he speaks with his servant, Moses. My prayer is that we'll see this main point more clearly by the Holy Spirit this morning. Let's pray before we read God's word together and then see what the Lord has for us. Heavenly Father, Lord, we pray. We pray to you, the one who would give his personal name, that we might see what it is you would have for us here by your Holy Spirit. God, we, we recognize that we cannot do it on our own. And so we cry out to you that you would bless us, that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear, and that we would glorify your name more and more. In Jesus' name, amen. Main point, God's name reveals who he is. This is Exodus chapter three, verses 13 and 14. Then Moses said to God, if I came to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you three points to prove that main point, that God's name reveals something of himself to us. Three points. Number one, relationship. Number two, reminder. And number three, resume. First, relationship. How many times have you found yourself in conversation with somebody whose name you didn't know? Happens to me quite often. Uh, Maybe they told it to you, Maybe they didn't, uh, but it doesn't change that awkward reality, that awkward moment where you just know that you don't know his or her name. Uh, I have had the great and distinct pleasure to be uh, our Presbytery's middle school retreat director. Uh, Presbytery is a local gathering in our denomination of all the churches in a certain area. Uh, for us, kind of the Midlands plus a little bit. And uh, we have any from anywhere to 200, to 250 middle school students who will come to these different retreats uh, up at our campsite in North Carolina, Bon Clarkin. And- When I'm there, inevitably, over the years, I've been doing that for about six years, someone will come up to me, a middle schooler that has been there forever, and uh, they remember me because there's one Jeremiah, and I do not remember them because there's 250 middle schoolers bombarding me and talking to me every time we have these retreats, and I feel horrible as I have to ask their name again. Remind me what your name is. I can't remember your name. I'm sorry. I remember you from the last time, but what what would your name uh, it's very difficult for me and that that's kind of less awkward than maybe some encounters that you have had and I know I've had where it's just one-on-one you think I certainly this guy has told me his name but I just don't remember you know something like that those awkward moments I'm sure maybe that you resonate or at least Maybe I've revealed something of myself, and y'all have never been in that situation, but it it happens to me sometimes, and and, uh, it can be awkward, and it can be disappointing for the other person. Man, he didn't remember my name? What? That's not right. And you're right. It's not. It's not okay, especially when that name is given uh, for us to uh, just either in pride or in sloth, simply to forget, for it to slip out. You think, no, do I not care about that person enough? What is God to think of the people, his whole people? And Moses says, well, who am I supposed to say is sending you? You're telling me to do all this stuff. I don't even know your name. I'm just calling you Lord, cap, uh, lowercase L-O-R-D, Adonai. You know what? I know you're God, but what? What do I say? What what is your name? This is exactly where Moses and the people of God are at. But God's intention is relationship with his people. So there's no awkwardness when he answers Moses's question. What is there is grace and mercy from the one true God whose intention from the beginning is relationship. Time and time again, God is the one who steps forward to say, My name is Yahweh. I am who I am. I will be who I will be. I was who I was. That's what that word in Hebrew means, Yahweh. It's to be. That's what the English is, is to be or to will be and was. There's this combination and this continuity. As God is is telling Moses... I am the same God that I have always been. Yes, you, my people, have changed. Sinners, you've forgotten. But I want to be in relationship with you. Your desire, I will change. I will step into this. Again, I will remove all awkwardness. I will be the one who tells you again, I am who I am. Yahweh, tell them that Yahweh has sent you. What? a beautiful moment to recognize that God is one whose intention is relationship and that uh, the intention doesn't start with humanity. The intention starts with God as he is the one who brings his name forward to his people, revealing who he is, a relational God, giving his personal name, Yahweh. Jeremiah, nice to meet you. I'm Yahweh the God of the universe. Oh, if you just pause and you think for a moment about such things, it can bring you to your knees as you recognize that the one who is outside of time, the one who created time, the one who created all things, the one who, who was and is and is to come, this God does not want to be called just God. He wants you to know who he is, a saving God, a relational God. Yahweh, beautiful. What begins to bear out in this relationship uh, is, is a reminder of who he has always been, because as God is speaking, his name reveals who he is, and, and this name carries with it a reminder. This relationship has been with humanity uh, since the beginning, and so there is this reminder that, that Moses is given. Uh, have you ever wondered, this is kind of an illustration, I, I went back and forth whether to use it, and I think uh, I decided to, so y'all y'all hear it, but Continue along with me. Don't get lost in it. Uh, Have you ever wondered why you don't see more people named Lucifer? Why aren't you named Lucifer? It means in the Latin, morning star. It's beautiful, right? Lucifer. I hope maybe you feel the uncomfortableness with me, right? Uh, Lucifer, morning star. Oh, and also Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 that morning star who fell from the heavens, the devil, Lucifer, uh, the morning star that Jesus references and that we see throughout Scripture, tempting and lying, deceiving. Oh, oh yeah, Lucifer. Many names carry with them a reminder. Uh, We don't see a lot of people named Lucifer anymore because Lucifer carries along with it a reminder of, uh, of that one that we see in the scriptures, the morning star fallen from heaven. Well, the same is true for God's name. It is a reminder of his works and we see that when God says, I am who I am. It's the translation of Yahweh. Who is he? He is the God who has always been, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. And they have a long testimony and witness as to who this I am is, who Yahweh is. God has revealed himself time time, after time, as the one who steps into the fray, who stands between the living and the dead, who provides and who preserves, who gives and who promises. This God in every single generation up until Moses and well after Moses has shown himself and reminded people of just who he is, powerful and at the same time, good and merciful and gracious. He is the one who, though he did not have to, preserved a remnant in a little boat as the world was flooded, promising with a rainbow he would never do such things again. He is the one who in the garden had every right to put Adam and Eve to death right then and there for their sin against him, and yet instead provided them clothes. And then what we feel like is getting the boot he removed them from the place where they would have found certain destruction because they would have been too close to him at that time. He gave them clothes and said, you've got to go for now. But he gave them a promise in Genesis 3:16, I will send someone who will stomp the head of that snake that deceived you and caused your own sin to be revealed before me. It's the same God who looked at Abraham who had no land and said, I'll give you all the land in the world. Who looked at Abraham and said, you've got no children and you're a hundred years old. I'm going to give you a child. And that child was going to be the child of promise. It's the same God who, when he said to sacrifice that very same child of promise as Abraham walked up the mountain, what did he tell Isaac? God will provide my son. And what did God do? God provided by the way what did abraham say there yahweh yireh yahweh will provide that's the hebrew yahweh yireh or jehovah jireh god will provide uh, it's the same God who generation after generation showed how he was working for his people. It's the same God who even when his people fell into sin, he brought them back from the brink and said, no, this is not the way. Follow after me. All we have to do is remember that sermon series. Uh, remember uh, the life of one of the sons of Jacob. Remember that life of Joseph. Uh, if you remember Judah or if you remember some of the other brothers, Acts, when they tried to kill their brother, if you Remember, uh, even Joseph, Uh, there is heinous sin before the eyes of the Lord. And yet still in relationship, he steps forward and says, no, this is not the way. Let me show you who I am. I am the one who will provide salvation that you cannot provide for yourself. Don't you see your own sinfulness? Now look upon my own righteousness. This is the God and he is reminding Moses and he will remind his people in Egypt just who he is, by giving them his name, Yahweh. Tell them Yahweh is coming for them. I have heard my people's cry. I am coming. Tell them that with this relationship and this reminder of who God is, his name becomes just what I was saying. It becomes a resume to the people that he's coming to save. This is our third point. Uh, Not only do we see God's name revealing uh, the relationship that God is intending for he and his people, Not only do we see God's name revealing uh, through reminder who he has always been, I am that I am, I will be that I will be, Uh, we see a resume. Uh, We see God for who he is through his works. God has proven himself, as I just mentioned, generation after generation, and he continues to do so now, not because he has to, but because he chooses to, because that is who God is. God's name reveals this relational saving and good. All of this is built into the salvation culmination, the salvation story of the son being sent of the Lord Jesus Christ. It it is actually the very gospel itself that we see in God's name here in Exodus chapter three, verses thirteen and fourteen. Can you believe it? In this, uh, in this reality of relationship, in this, uh, in this. moment of reminding. And in this resume, we see Jesus's work laid out for him. Think about it like this. Consider our three points. Relationship. What does Jesus say to his disciples? I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Relationship. Think about our second point, reminder. As Jesus walked on the water, what did he say? He said, don't be afraid. But can you remember the first thing he said? It is I. That's Greek. And you know what that Greek is literally? I am. What does Jesus say when his disciples fall into fear as he's walking on water, revealing his divinity? I am. I am who I am. Do not be afraid. Remember who I am and who I have been and who I will be. It's a reminder. I am. Do not be afraid. And then think about the resume. Now, when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God saying, this is when Jesus was on the cross. Certainly this man was innocent. The resume, God is absolutely just. And he is the justifier. He holds a perfect ethic and he provides mercy and grace and salvation. How can he do this? He can do it through Jesus. And it is revealed in his name, even here in Exodus chapter three. Time and time again, in the history of God's people, God presents them a resume. And he says, this is who I am. Believe in me for your salvation. I am who I am Yahweh God's name reveals who he is relationship reminder resume with these things hopefully swirling around in your mind. Let's consider four applications very quickly. First, every time you see that capital L O R D in the old Testament, use God's personal name instead. Uh, The English translations that we have currently, uh, the popular ones, they are trustworthy, and so hear me say that well before I tell you what I'm about to tell you. Uh, the ESV, which is what Centennial uses, uh, there is the NIV, the NKJV, the New King James, even the King James version. As long as you um, take into account some of the historical discrepancies that they've used, uh, these English translations that we have nowadays they stay wonderfully true to the Hebrew, the Aramaic, and the Greek. But I will tell you this, whoever decided that they needed to change Yahweh or Jehovah to capital L-O-R-D made a grave mistake because instead of calling God by his personal name, we've been calling him dude. We've been calling him friend. We've been calling him buddy. And we've been calling him pal. And do you know how that feels? Maybe when you walk up to somebody and remember that moment when you can't remember their name. Oh, hey, buddy. Good to see you. Oh, yeah. Hey, friend. What's going on? We don't do it intentionally, but when we skim over that capital L-O-R-D in the Old Testament, we forget that over and over and over we are talking about the God of the universe who has given us his name. Yahweh. I encourage you, Jehovah, Yahweh, uh, one of those that, that you would in your, in your mind and as you read out loud, uh, begin to consider God's personal name given unto you, his people, Yahweh, Jehovah. I am who I am. Don't just read Lord, buddy, pal. Read his name, Yahweh. It's important. And a good application from this text where God himself is giving his name to his servant Moses and to his people again. Secondly, God's relationship, this you'll see connects with the first part. God's relationship is unique in that he gives without taking. Whether intentionally or unintentionally, what we can do is expect all give all the time from human relationships hear me well what we expect from humans is all give all the time but only god can have such a relationship with you where he willingly gives of himself and what you find in himself is divinity and there is a well that never runs dry there is a salvation that is freely given there is a love that we have a hard time understanding because he has simply chosen to do so even even with our own weaknesses all give all the time is god's realm not humanity's realm and yet Dear Christian, what relationships in your life are you placing the expectation of all give all the time on or who is doing that to you? It is draining. It is frustrating, demoralizing, and leads you down a path of destruction ultimately. Be wary of such things and recognize the God of the universe who wants a relationship and intends a relationship of all give unto you that we might live a life of righteousness by his grace and blessing third remember God's continual presentation of his resume. I had a dear friend in seminary who died of a brain tumor. His name was Eric Winger. I have mentioned him before. I'll mention him again. Uh, He was one of the godliest men I've ever seen running the race with endurance all the way to the end. And I saw that crown of righteousness as he passed on beyond the veil. This man, Eric, he told me I was newly wed and he said, remember, write, write it down. Remember the good things that God is giving unto you. Remember what he is doing in your life. If you have to write it down, write it down, but remember and see his work. Remember his works for you because there will be times when you cannot see it so clearly it will be foggy because of your own sin and your own situation and then you can remind yourself of what god has done and continues to do in your life remember remember he told me that on his deathbed a godly man to the end finally and fourthly have you ever been caught in a hailstorm there was a little bit of hail at our house last week or two weeks ago uh, when we had those storms roll through. Uh, at UT, uh, the hail that was at our house this time was tiny, uh, little tiny ones. Miriam and Isaac loved it. It was the first time they ever saw hail before. Ice coming from the sky, incredible. Uh, it's incredible until you're caught out in a hailstorm, especially a hailstorm with golf ball sized hail. I was at the University of Tennessee in Knoxville. It's my final year there, and I got caught out in a hailstorm. I had just gotten out of my car, and these things started falling from the sky. And uh, one hit me in the shoulder, one hit me on the arm, and I praise the Lord that one didn't hit me on the head. I didn't even have time to open up my car door. I fell to the ground and had to crawl under my car. My car was dimpled. It looked like a golf ball after this thing was done. Thankfully, no glass was cracked. But in that moment, as the hail was falling, I thought to myself, it's over. Uh, this is incredible. The destruction of just golf ball sized hail. Uh, this, I had never experienced anything like it. And as time has gone on and we see who God is, this is God's resume to you. Maybe you've seen hail like that, or maybe you've seen destruction. Maybe you've seen a tempest or a storm. Well, life is a lot like that. There can be a lot of tempests. There can be hail falling from the sky. There can be destruction. And God is the one who, we see it ultimately in Jesus, who leans right over you and he looks you right in the eye because he is a relational God. And as that hail is falling and hitting him right on the back, he looks at you right in the eye and says, this is who I am. I am who I am, a mighty fortress for you. This is our God. He has proven himself over and over to us. It is who he is. Who Who should I say is sending you? Well, God tells us the answer. Yahweh, I am who I am. Tell them that, Moses. Tell them that. Remind them. Show them who I am. A God who is intending relationship. No matter the sin, there is a free offer of salvation from God to you. Not the other way around. It does not matter what you have done. Only God is the one who extends that offer of salvation. And he looks you in the eye and says, I intend relationship with you. But God, I can't. I'm too dirty. No, you're not. I intend relationship with you. But God, you don't know what I've done. Yes, I do. I intend relationship with you. I just can't. Yes, you can. I intend relationship with you. Yahweh, I am who I am. This is the God that we praise, the God who would send his own son, the God who died for us, who rose again, who intercedes for us. This is God. And we praise him this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thanks for giving us your first name, Lord, Yahweh, Jehovah. God, what a blessing that is in and of itself. Help us to ponder on that, to ponder the relationship we have with you because of you, to ponder uh, all of the reminders you've given us, not only in our own lives, but in your word, and to recognize that resume that you continually present, that you will work on our behalf for our good and for our salvation, and that you will see it through to the end. Thank you, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.